What we've got here is failure to communicate. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Tough, unique, bad, bold, and sassy. 60% of the time, it works every time. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Take the pain. Take the pain! Have you ever seen a grown man naked? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Today, Junior? It's too late to turn back now. It's the Brian Hanks Show. Hello there, live and on tape. From beautiful Whitehall Drive here in lovely Kenston, North Carolina, it's finally Friday. That's right, it's Football Friday, August the 25th in the year of our Lord 2023. This is episode 915 of the Brian Hanks Show, presented by Lenore Community College. My co-hosts, John Dawson and Jonathan Massey, my beloved co-hosts, John Dawson and Jonathan Massey. Why, they'll be joining me at the end of the second hour today for a very exciting version of the birthday game. Man, we got another good show for you today. One, two, three, four, four guests on today's show. And it begins with our regular Friday guests. Uh, in less than 15 minutes, he'll be joining us. All of our guests today will be joining us on our Spence Automotive guest line. But he's our regular Friday guest. And uh, i got to tell you, really looking forward to talking to him. Uh, we've been messaging already a little bit this morning. Paul Whittington. Will be joining me, future dad. I mean, that's the thing I'm uh, I'm excited about the most. That uh, I mean, he is in the short rows now of uh, becoming a father. Uh, Sam is doing great. His wife Samantha is just doing fantastic. And like I said, they're in the short rows. Where he's in that time period now, where at any minute, I mean, he's probably going to work this morning. I don't know if he's working from home, but whatever. But he's coming down here later on today. To do the uh, Davis Wholesale Tire Game of the Week, uh, Kent, or Green Central at Kenston. So he is in, uh, he could get that call at any time that, hey, the baby's on the way, get your butt to the hospital, or get your butt to the house, pick up your bride, take her to the hospital. And that, just an exciting time, man. I mean, just a very, very exciting time. We'll talk to him some about that. He's also our, NAS- our NASCAR expert. One race left in the NASCAR season or in the, in the regular season, I'm sorry, uh, before the playoffs began. Lots of playoff implications going into uh, Daytona this week, so we're going to talk to him about that. We're going to talk to him about our big game tonight, uh, Green Central at Kinston. Uh, we did, as you know, uh, North and North Green Central last week. So we got a good look at Green Central and just how tough that team is. They are very, very good. So we'll talk about that, and who knows what else we'll talk about. You know how it is when... We get Paul Whittington on the line. Uh, we, we are liable to talk about just about anything, but looking forward to that as he'll be joining us, like I said, in, in less than 15 minutes. We're going to get him up on the line with us a little bit earlier anyway for that. Then uh, about 40 minutes into this first hour, a special treat. Uh, as uh, you know, Bethel Christian Academy, uh, when uh, Brick Crowder left last year, well, what is it just because of uh, Brick leading, leaving? But uh, they decided not to have a season last year, uh, the football program. just not Their, their numbers were way down. Uh, they didn't want to get players hurt. I can appreciate that. I can 100% appreciate that. And so uh, they didn't have a season. And then, uh, what, Brick Crowder left, uh, the the gentleman who had reformed the Bethel team since uh, it had been in hiatus, I think since either the late 70s or, le- or early 80s. It was well before I got here. But uh, he left. And I got to tell you, there were some uh, questions of whether uh, Bethel was going to continue their football program, especially, like I said, after uh, after Brent Crowder, who, by the way, I got to mention this, saw him at the Green Central game last week and got to talk to him for a couple minutes. And it was just really good to see him. I don't know if he's still got the football in his blood. He's actually, his uh, church is in Snow Hill. Or it, it's in Greene County. And so he was at the Green Central game last week. But uh, there were some, uh, some concerns of whether football was going to still be a thing at Bethel Christian Academy. And uh, Walt Eubanks uh, stepped up and assumed the reins of the program and uh he is going to be our guest here like i said about 40 minutes in this first hour he'll be a guest of mine and paul we'll take turns uh, asking him questions so excited about that and i've got to admit i've uh we've he it'll be he'll be a first-time guest on the show our 451st 
unique guest here on the Brian Hanks show. So excited about that, obviously, but excited about having him here on the show too. So that's our first hour, Paul Whittington, uh, Bethel head football coach, Walt Eubanks. And then in our second hour, you know, it's football Friday. We're going to have uh, the two coaches of the teams that we're going to be covering tonight right here on uh, 960 The Bull and betonthebull.com. Jay Wilson of Green Central uh, will be first about five minutes into the hour. And then Ryan Diesel Gieselman of uh, Kenston High School will be our second guest. We'll do the birthday game. And then, by God, we'll be done with shows for the week and getting ready for Friday Night Football. Got to throw some love out to Ricky Whaley. Uh, I was uh, just... Uh, as I was uh, wrapping up a uh, show prep for this show, I just I jumped on Facebook for a little bit. And uh, Ricky, man, we appreciate you, dude. Uh, Ricky uh, posted on Facebook about how he's not going to get out in the heat today, and it's supposed to be pretty bad today, today and tomorrow. Uh, but uh, he's not going to get out in the heat today. Instead, he's going to listen to uh, myself and Hall of Fame coach Jimmy Smith and Paul Whittington and Keith Spence on uh, the Davis Wholesale Tire Game of the Week. Thank you, Rick. I mean, man, I, I miss Ricky. I, I hope you're doing good, dude. And uh, He's had all kinds of eye surgeries, but I believe he's uh, back out helping LCC. Message me if you're listening right now, Ricky, and let me know. Uh, dude, we need to get Ricky on the show anyway. As much sports as he's seen. You know what? That, I'm speaking into existence. We're going to get him on the show here in the next couple of weeks and uh, just – hang out with our friend, man. I mean, it's my show. I love Ricky and it'd be fun just to find out what he's been up to. And I'm telling you, you want to talk about a fount of information. Scott Whittington will tell you this too. You want to know something about Carolina, Carolina league baseball or, uh, Kinston Indians slash Eagles slash blue Jays slash Expos slash down East wood ducks. By God, Ricky Whaley knows uh, he's got a, he's just a, a ton of information on all that stuff. But thank you, Ricky, for uh, posting that on Facebook, and uh, we, we'll give you a shout out tonight too. Let me tell you about that tonight. Well, like I said, Paul Whittington, uh, Walt Eubanks here in our first hour, Jay Wilson of Green Central, Ryan Diesel Gieselman of Kenston in our second hour, and uh, we've got quite the show for you here today. Um, where was that going? Oh, I was going to thank uh, Lenore Community College. Got to thank Lenore Community College. Speaking of Ricky Whaley. I mean, when I think of Lenore Community College, I think of Ricky Whaley uh, and Richie Honeycutt and Dr. Rusty Hunt and Shelly Barnes and David Barnes and uh, Gary Smith and Catherine Pearson. I mean, just goodness gracious, just a ton of uh, great folks over at Lenore. Jeannie Kennedy, uh, just a ton of great folks over at Lenore Community College because for more than 65 years, LCC has helped men and women in our area tangibly improve their lives uh lcc's mission is to meet the personal cultural and professional educational needs of its students through affordable accessible and innovative educational programs lcc has its main campus in kenston at 231 highway 58 south but it also has satellite campuses in green county and jones county call lcc at 252-527-6223 visit their website at lenorecc.edu or visit one of their beautiful campuses in Kenston, Snow Hill, or Trenton to find out how you, that's right, you who are listening right now, can change your life today. And again, thank you to all those folks I just previously mentioned over at Lenore Community College. We truly, truly, truly do appreciate uh, every single one of those. Uh, since pretty much day one, they have been the, uh, and Ricky, you're welcome, my friend. Uh, Well-deserved, dude. You are uh you're one of the all-timers, man. And, I, hey, uh, answer me this real quick on text here. Rick, will you come on the show with me sometime in the next couple of weeks? Uh, but, uh, hey, let's finish this LCC uh, read. Thank you so much to our good friends at LCC for sponsoring the Brian Hanks show and being our title sponsor. And I'm, I'm doing uh, – one of the things I've uh, – since becoming a small business and, ironically, the small business of the year – is uh, sponsoring uh, a bunch of different things. Uh, I'm going to try to get all that stuff together at the end of the year. We used to do that with the free press and let you know that, hey, the free press, we're not just your newspaper. We're also, uh, you know, we, we sponsor all these things out in the community, all these different events. And if there's one thing that I miss about being part of the free press, it's that. But that's one of the things that I've that we're doing with the Brian Hanks show. I mean, we are sponsoring uh, all the the athletic programs in the area. We are sponsoring, uh, Hey, I've got to deliver a couple of checks. Ha ha. Uh, but, uh, we, uh, we just sponsor a lot of things. It's just blessed and honored to sponsor uh, so many things. And, uh, 
we're able to do that because of our relationship with Lenore Community College, who are uh, who are servant leaders. I mean, you think of Rusty Hunt, you think of Richie Honeycutt, you think of Jeannie Kennedy, Catherine Pearson, all those folks over there, all the leadership at Lenore Community College. And why are they successful? It's because they're, they're servant leaders. And uh, that's what we strive to be here, too, on the Brian Hanks Show. So thank you again to LCC. Thank you to all our uh, all our day one sponsors, LCC, UNC Lenore Healthcare, GoEco Office Automation, Spence Automotive, Woodman Life, Arendel Parrot Academy, and then all these other sponsors that jump in uh, seasonal with us, especially during uh, football season and basketball season. Uh, Down East Protection Systems, King's Restaurant, the Kinston Police Department, Davis Wholesale Tire, Mills International, Rillo Discount Drugs, Lenore County Public Schools, Lenore Tire and Appliance, Down East Wood Ducks, and uh, I don't ha- those are just off the top of my head. Uh, we've got some others, too. We'll get, we'll get to all those, too. But thank you, thank you, thank you to all our sponsors who helped the Brian Hanks Show go. We really do truly appreciate them. Uh, the Down East Wood Ducks last night. Ugh, not a good homestand so far. They've lost their first three games of this homestand against uh, the uh, Fayetteville Woodpeckers. Sorry, needed to get a sip there uh, to wet my whistle a little bit there. But, uh, yeah, they lost last night 5-4. to four. It's their third straight loss, all of them, like I said, at home. They're now 24-27 and 27 overall. They're in fourth place in the Carolina League North. But... But the good news about that is uh, it doesn't matter what they do here in the second half. In fact, uh, the game I went to uh, Tuesday night that Linda and I went to, and we got to hang out with Mr. Clemens, and uh, we just had a blast there uh, for the little bit of time that we were there. But uh, my point is, uh, even if they won the second half, they still would only get two games at home, and that's what they're getting right now are uh, two games at home in the first round of the playoffs, uh, in the, in the divisional area, it's a best of three series. So, I mean, I don't get it twisted now. I mean, I want the, the wood, the woodies to win every single game they play. I mean, when they run out on the field, I want them to win that game. Unfortunately, uh, not the case, uh, especially here in the second half, they called a bunch of players up. That's right. Greg Clemens, the quack attack bounces back tonight, man. Do they have a couple of great giveaways? over the next couple of days and it begins tonight and here's my advice for you okay uh go support the wood ducks tonight but take your radio with you take your smartphone with you put your earbud in i know greg clemens is going to be at the wood ducks game tonight but you know what greg clemens is going to have an earbud in listening to hall of fame coach jimmy smith and paul whittington and keith spence and i um on 960 the bull the free 960 the bull ad or an app, go get it now. It doesn't cost you a dime. It's absolutely free, and you can hear uh, myself and Coach Smith and Paul and everybody in high in high fidelity stereo tonight uh, on your on your earbuds. But go support the Wood Ducks because I'm telling you, they've got a couple of great giveaways over the next couple of days. If you're and especially if you're like Greg Clemens and you're a huge East Carolina University fan like he is. He cannot wait. He's a season ticket holder. He cannot wait. He's going to be in line tonight to go get a a sweet, sweet, sweet ECU hat. That is tonight's giveaway to the first 1,000 fans. You need to be be in line for that, and uh, you'll get an ECU uh, co-branded hat. And then tomorrow, man, it is for real tomorrow. And and, uh, Mr. Clemens is so excited about this. He cannot wait. I can tell you that. that uh, he's going to get himself. He is so excited about tomorrow night's giveaway that he is going to come bare-chested to the game, Mr. Clemens is, so he can throw on his ECU uh, Down East Wood Ducks jersey, okay? He is just giddy with anticipation for that. Let me tell you something, a little inside knowledge here for you. Uh, John Clemens told uh, Mr. Clemens and I and Linda the other night that uh, if – and, and Pam Sheffield, I should have mentioned that too. Our good friend Pam Sheffield, who was there too. <laughs> uh, yes, Mr. Clemens is already. Uh, t- I, again, someone's. I'm going to have to take that picture tomorrow when Mr. Clemens comes bare chested tomorrow to uh, to the game to uh, so he can just uh, take rip his jersey out of the plastic and put his ECU Wood Ducks jersey on tomorrow night 
I can't wait. It's it's going to be awesome. But listen, what I was saying was John told uh, uh, Pam Sheffield and Linda and I and Mr. Clemens is 2,500 tickets have already been sold for tomorrow night's game, for Saturday night's game. If you want to get, if you're not a season ticket holder and you want to get one of those 1,000, yes, do the math, 2,500 versus 1,000. Uh, if you want to get one of those uh, 1,000 giveaway jerseys and get one in your size too, if you're a big boy like myself, uh, you got to get there a little bit early. Make sure you get that uh, that extra large jersey. You need to get there early tomorrow night. Linda and I have already decided. <laughs> I love how our signal runs a little bit behind. Uh, and so I get Mr. Clemens's reaction about a minute after I say stuff. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, he said in all caps, not happening. But uh, I got to tell you, he's a big Wood Ducks fan. He's a big ECU fan. I see him supporting uh, both of them tomorrow night as he's going to throw his jersey on. Anyway, you better be one of the early fans. Gates open at 4 o'clock tomorrow, okay? If you're a season ticket holder like Linda and I and Mr. Clemens and Robin Godfrey and uh, all, of, all of us, folks, Brian Aldridge, all of us folks, then you can uh, get there at 330 Go grab your jersey. And I know as big a fan as Jim and Robin Godfrey are, uh, big as uh, ECU and uh, Wood Ducks fans as they are, that uh, they're going to they're gonna be there really early to get theirs, just like Greg Clemens is. So uh, he can throw his on and uh, cheer, cheer, cheer for the Wood Ducks and uh, start a Let's Go Pirates chant. That is going to be exciting uh, tomorrow night. I can't wait for that. And Mr. Clemens. You know I'm joking, but man, you are so much fun. To, uh, you're 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 such a good person to have fun with about that too. But man, that is going to be a lot of fun. But again, the Down East Wood Ducks. Uh, if you haven't got your playoff tickets yet, go ahead and get those. You can do that. <coughs> Excuse me by going to woodducksbaseball.com or by visiting the team's box office at uh, Historic Granger Stadium. So uh, anyway. That's going to be a lot of fun uh, for that. But before we get to all that, guess what? We've got high school football for you on tap tonight. And on our Spence Automotive guest line, joining me right now, the best sideline reporter in the game. Heck, he's better than I am. I'm surprised that, uh, that they've not kicked me out of the booth to put him up there to replace me, to sit up there with uh, Hall of Fame coach Jimmy Smith. It's my good friend. And, I, dude, I... I am waiting any minute, any second now to get the call. Well, let me tell you first, it's Paul Weddington. He's our regular Friday guest. He's our NASCAR expert. He's the best sideline reporter in the freaking game. But, uh, dude, you describe it to me, because obviously I've never been in this state before, so you need to let me know and remind all our other fathers that are in the audience what it's like to uh, – you are – I hate to use the analogy or use the uh, cliche, but you're on pins and needles right now, aren't you? I mean – Basically, honestly, any second, uh, you could be Papa Whittington. That was that was the strangest buildup. At the start, <laughs> I didn't know where you were going with that. When you said, I've never been in the state before, and I was trying to figure out, where are you? Where, where, where are you that I haven't been? I, there you, okay. Dude, you're, right. you're in the be- getting ready to become a father state, yeah. dude. Well, it, uh, it, it's a little nerve wracking, but we, we still got another, we still got about another week before we're, we're on pins and needles. We're, we're getting close. We're, we're getting close. We're getting close. Um, but I, I, I don't anticipate it's like next Friday when we do the football game, I'll be like, all right, here's the deal guys. (laughs) Sideline reporting might stop in the middle of my halftime interview, but, uh, Aside from that, I think we're going to get through the game tonight just fine. But I know, I know Sam is uh, Sam is more than ready. Sam is more than ready. She she wants that baby out of her some kind of bad. Well, dude, I, I, I've said it several times, and for folks who haven't heard, uh, your – your mama is uh, <laughs> is just beyond excited. I think she, dude. I think she's got her a bag packed. Okay, that uh, when, <laughs> when the news we we came- decided we decided how we're going to tell people. Oh lord. So, <clears throat> well, you know, everything will go down. We'll we'll go to the hospital. We'll we'll have the child, and then wait about a 
a day or so, and we'll call no. our, our respective <laughs> we'll call our respective mothers and say, "I can't believe you." And like, "What are you talking about? Your your grandchild is two days old, and you hadn't even come to see it yet." Dude, you do. I'll, I'll say this: your your mama <laughs> loves you, and she does. I mean, she loves all you boys. But I tell you what: you do that to uh, you do that to Linda. That might that might, might lose. be irreparable, dude. I mean, I might lose I might lose my number one ranking. Well, you won't with me, dude. I mean, you know, you're <laughs> you're good to go. Uh, but she claims that all three of uh, you boys are number one, and I tend to believe her. I mean, with her anyway. I mean, you know, of course, with me, you, you know, you're number one. And, you know, you. Well, we're all getting ready to have to step aside. Yeah, that's true because <laughs> Levi's. That, you're absolutely right. Levi's coming on board. I, I do need to ask in all uh, seriousness. Oh, by the way, your mom just texted me. I'm sure. I'm sure she's going to text you too. But she just sent me an all hell no text. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, dude. Uh, like I said, I'm not even exaggerating. I think she's got a bag packed here. That when she gets the call that uh, Samantha's going into labor. She's going to be beating feet up uh, Highway 70 to uh, whatever. We probably don't need to name the hospital, you know, that you're going to. Uh, you no. Know, you know, not like how I name uh, where the show is done every day here on the show. And, you, know, <laughs> and you would not believe, and I'm serious, but you would not believe how many people have come up to me. It's like, you know, they've heard the story of us being uh, broken into. We weren't robbed. Thank goodness we weren't robbed, but that we were broken into. And you wouldn't believe how many people shake their head at me and go, you do know that you say the street that you're uh, doing the show from every day a couple of times. I'm like, yeah, but it's too late now, man. I mean, it's like trying to put yeah. the ketchup <laughs> back in the bottle, you know? Right. Yeah. Difficult. Difficult. So anyway, uh, the Samantha report, uh, how, in all sincerity, uh, how's she doing right now? Yeah, she's doing good. Um, uh, she is, the, the ankles are pretty much swollen oh. all the time now. Yeah. Um, so, so she's dealing with that. And, and I think some of that's because her job requires her to be on her feet for so, for so long every day. Um, but she, she does teach while sitting down now. So, uh, other than that, I mean, she's, she's, she's good. She's, she's just ready. She just wants, um, wants Levi to come, but she wants him to be a September baby. So okay. she's doing everything she can to keep her legs closed <laughs> until September 1st. Dude, that is so awesome. And I got to tell you, and you should take this as a compliment too. Everywhere I go, I'm asked two questions. How's Junius doing? And I'm serious. Everywhere yeah. I go, you know, how's Junius doing? And how's Paul doing uh, getting ready to be a dad? I've been asked that, I bet, 10 to 12 times, dude. So uh, well, awesome. it is, man. It is very awesome, dude. And, again, like I said, and I know – uh, but see, nobody asked Linda about Paul or about Sam. They asked Linda about Linda no. becoming a grandma, you know? <laughs> and I'm sure she's loving that. <laughs> oh, she does, man. And like I said, I, I wonder, I really do, because I know on Samantha's side of the family that they're just giddy and excited about this baby and all that. I have wondered this sincerely, too. Dude. Is that child ever mm -hmm. going to learn to walk? Because the child's probably going to be five or six years old before his feet ever touches the ground. I know, I know, uh. Yeah, so this is this is grandchild number one on our side. Uh, it's grandchild number five on on Sam's side. So they're they're a little bit more used to it over there, but that's that's correct. That's yeah. where we're going here. So yeah, yeah, yeah. if if the if the first or if the the last two grandchildren, because those are the ones that I've known when they were born, uh, if the last two grandchildren have been any indication, uh, the novelty of grandchildren children has not worn off yet so they're just as excited as, as mom is uh over there on that side of the family and and yes uh there there's going to be some trouble walking because i don't know if anybody's <laughs> going to put them down but we're, we're going to have to establish some ground rules and we, we want them walking by by at least the 120 day mark oh my god kidding. No. what is the average see dude again i'm not that familiar how long is it before i mean on average when a child walks mr clemens help me out mr clemens lives by oh by the way i don't know if you heard the monologue you're up in garner and you know you don't get to listen to uh, unless you're you know whatever anyway long story short we're having a big ecu giveaway this weekend at the down east wood ducks i mean a, a sweet sweet hat tonight a jersey tomorrow night and uh, I was just so you know what a big fan that uh, Mr. Clemens is of ECU, of course, right? Right? Yes, yes, big purple and gold guy. <laughs> so I said that he was going to come bare chested to the game tomorrow night and just throw, tear his jersey out of the plastic and throw it on. 
He didn't take to that too kindly, dude. He said he's going to wear red and white tomorrow. What in the world's that all about? Ah, boo! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so it says go ahead. It, it says approximately twelve months. So okay. this this article here from pregnancybirthbaby.org.au. <laughs> so this comes from Australia, our friends down under. Babies usually start walking sometime between about ten and eighteen months old. Before walking, babies will usually have been crawling between 7 and 12 months, pulling themselves up to stand, usually between 9 and 12 months. Well, if I know anything about Paul Whittington, if I know anything, as smart as Samantha is, I mean, you guys are two two very, very smart people, two very, very accomplished people. I I put my money on that child is going to be walking by eight months. How about that? Oh, I've already ordered a drill sergeant hat. Um. <laughs> potty do potty trained by 16 months okay walking at eight potty trained by 16 months and bilingual by uh three years old how about that i love it i love it i think it's perfect there you go okay uh, dude we just did 10 minutes of baby talk man how about that <laughs> i love it i love it too man okay uh here's what we've got we, we've got you through the end of the hour right yep very good uh, well, we've got to talk nascar that's a big thing that's going on I want to talk Washington Nationals and New York Yankees talk. I, uh, obviously, at 40 minutes into this hour, so what, about uh, less than 15 minutes from now, we're going to be joined live on the Spence Automotive Guest Line by uh, Bethel, new Bethel Christian Academy head football coach, Walt Eubanks. So we're going to be talking to him. We'll get about 10 minutes with that. So it's uh, it's Daddy's Choice. Okay, wow, that's just too weird. I can't do that. It's your choice that's here. the second time you've done that to me this morning. Yeah. I've about had enough of it. Yeah, I can understand <laughs> that. I can understand <clears throat> Let's go Nationals first. Okay, let's go Nationals, man. I tell you what, man. What, a team has won nine of their last 12 games? I mean, uh, with a listen, I am not the baseball expert that you are, not even 10%. They're doing it with a bunch of guys I've never heard of, even though you and I went up and saw them about six weeks ago and saw three straight losses against the Cincinnati Reds. Dude, a team that is – and listen, they're beating the Mets. They're beating the Phillies, and the two of the last three have been against the Yankees, who I know are struggling and all that. But still, I mean, dude, the Nationals have really they're they're wrapping up this season great, aren't they? They certainly are. Nine and three over the last twelve games. They've won four consecutive series. Uh, and get this, they're twenty three and fifteen since the All Star break. Wow. It's a good team. It's a it's a good team. And I and I and I've hit on this a couple of times throughout the course of the year. Uh if you could figure out pitching, they'd be a decent team. And and I talked about the offense and I've you know, I've talked about where where the offense ranked uh, in stacked up against the the rest of the teams in Major League Baseball. You know, they they hit the ball a lot. They have good batting averages. They don't they don't hit a lot of home runs, but but they they hit home runs, right? Uh, every team in baseball does. They score they score runs. There were just some some parts of the game that they had to figure out. And since the All Star break, they've kind of figured it out, and it's and it's really impressive and. You know, there was – I was talking about this on Panicelli's show earlier this year. They were they were projected to lose 98 to 100 games. It's not going to happen now. They're they're not going to lose that many, and that's that's what I'm excited about, and that's why I look at this and I go, this is, this is kind of a successful season for the Nationals. We knew what this was going to be when we started the year. We knew what kind of team we were going to have. We knew there wasn't going to be a chance at the playoffs. Uh, but if you could, if you could just not lose a hundred games for me, that would be great. Uh, not only are they going to do that, they might not finish last in the division, Brian. That's what I'm <laughs> excited about. It's a, it's a race to the bottom with the, with the New York Mets, a team that was projected to win the division. Uh, they have struggled mightily. Both teams sit eight games out of the wild card right now, which is, which is incredible. Right. The, the NL East, I don't know if the NL East is good or if, you know, at least it's just bad or, or how we rank the division. But, yeah, the Nationals, not bad, and, and they're in a complete tie right now with the New York Mets for, for last place. So the Nationals, with a win today, could could go ahead of the Mets. I know we were talking to Panicelli about this on Monday. Uh, was, was it Monday? <sighs> My days are all running together. But long story short, <laughs> we took a couple of minutes, Paul, and we uh, checked out – salaries about how much you know that the national or that the Mets are paying that the Nationals are paying 
And for the 40-man roster, oh, yeah, I know what it was. It was on Wednesday's uh, uh, Panicelli show. I know my days were running together. And, I, and dude, the Mets have just a crazy – I think they've got the number one uh, – maybe they are the Phillies. Anyway, long story short, the Nationals have just a, a fraction of uh, the salary cap or the salaries that uh, the Mets have. And yet, Paul Whittington, here they are, like you said, uh, on the morning of uh, Friday, August the 25th in the year of the Lord 2023 <laughs> – they're tied with each other, man. Uh, what, what do you attribute that to? I mean, okay, well, you've talked about them getting to this point, winning nine of the last 12 again against uh, winning four series in a row, man, against what? The Mets, the uh, Phillies, the Yankees, and I'm not sure who the other team was. But uh, just what do you attribute this to? I attribute it to a couple of things. A, I attribute it for the, on the national side. I attribute it to the last couple of seasons and some of that, some of that return on the, on the big trades that you made, uh, you know, sending Trey Turner, Max Scherzer, uh, and, um, and there was one other player, I think that went in that deal, irregardless, uh, or regardless, um, sent them to the LA Dodgers a couple of years ago. And then last year you sent Josh Bell and it was Kyle Schwarber. Kyle Schwarber was the other one that went in that deal. He didn't go to LA, but he went somewhere else. Um, and then last year you sent Juan Soto and Josh Bell to, to San Diego and got a decent return there. So, so all these big blockbuster trade deadline deals have netted the Nationals a, a really, really, really good return. And we knew what kind of players we were getting. We just needed to be patient and let, let some of that mature out. And then the hope is that you can take some of these players, and uh, they've, they've done this to an extent, Kind of flip them, make them a little, get them to a breakout season, and then go and trade them for even more return. Uh, and they did that with a player earlier this year, and I'm blanking on the name. I think it was Candelario. Uh, had had a great season, and they traded him at the deadline to get more prospects. And so they're 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 beefing that up, and I think that's what's earned uh, Mike Rizzo a contract extension. And I think the performance on the field this year is what earned Davey Martinez a contract extension. So I attribute it to the the talent that's been returning for the Mets. I, I completely and 100% attribute this to the fact that super teams just don't work in baseball. Like you can, you can spend as much money as you want to go out and get the best players in all of baseball. And it just doesn't work. And if, if you don't believe me and, and you're sitting there looking at me and saying, looking at your radio and saying, well, the Dodgers won a world series and they have a super team. They won it in a very truncated season, Brian. Yeah. They won it in a 60 game season. Okay, they the Dodgers have historically not performed well in the playoffs since this this whole super team era. So if you look at the last, what, six, seven years, you know, the Dodgers have been one of the best teams in baseball, if not the best team in baseball at the end of the regular season. And then I think they've been to what one World Series in that time frame, which they won back in 2020. But, you know, the Nationals knocked them out in in the uh, in the divisional series back in 2019. So I just don't believe that super teams work in baseball, and I think it's as simple as that. Well, there you go, man. Good analysis there. I uh, I got to tell you, man, I mean, just this, and, and I'm not doing it. I know I've been poking fun at uh, Mr. Clemens all morning with uh, the ECU and <laughs> NC State. And for people who may be just tuning in for the first time ever and are wondering why we're talking about Mr. Clemens, uh, he just, well, I don't mind i love that but he really is an nc state guy we ought to let people know that so people aren't coming up to him and you know giving him the hook and going arg and all that kind of stuff over the weekend although you know what paul hey when you see mr clemens over the next two or three days especially being ecu weekend out at historic granger stadium do the little hook and go arg at him i I think he would like it don't you dude he would absolutely love it. He would eat out of the palm of your hand. <laughs> there you go. I love it. But, uh, and again, I'm not trying to poke fun at him and our Yankees fans who listen to the show, but, dude, I got to tell you, man, nothing has and, – and I've mentioned this a couple times. I, You know I have some deep, dark cockles in my heart, right? I mean, they're deep and they're dark, mm-hmm. and you, you know that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Correct. Dude, nothing warms them, though. More than there, there are several things that warms the deep dark cockles of my heart. One is uh, 
I, Carolina struggling in anything. North Carolina, not the Carolina <laughs> Hurricanes. We love the Carolina Hurricanes, but North, the University of North Carolina struggling in football or basketball or any sport. A second one are the Dallas Cowboys, even though maybe I'm not the Washington fan that I used to be, but still, to, even to this day, Paul, I love seeing the Dallas Cowboys struggle. The last thing, yeah. though, and it may even be number one on my list, dude, is seeing the New York Yankees just struggling, hearing all this historical stuff that when Washington beat them, what, on a Tuesday, that they extended their losing streak to nine, their longest losing streak in 41 years. And if uh, the, the Nationals could have won the next night, it would have been their longest losing streak since 1913. And seeing that this team is just struggling, dude, how do you feel? I mean, you, you've got to have, I know you're a nationals fan and, uh, but your brother yeah. and I, even I, I like the Oreos. I mean, I really do. I, I'm, I'm, I mean, they're, they're sort of my, uh, they're sort of my American league side piece. Anyway, uh, the, the Oreos are, uh, dude, what does it mean to you to see the Yankees having the struggles they're having this year? It, it's conflicting for me, Brian. I, I'm, I'm not a Yankee. Fan. Let's go ahead and, and get that part out of the way. I'm not a Yankee fan. Um, and I think the older that I've gotten, while while I do love my Washington Nationals, I've also become a, become a fan of players, and more more so of players than teams uh, outside of the Nationals. And so I really like Aaron Judge. I really like Anthony Volpe. Uh, I, I think these are these are great baseball players, and I got I got a lot of respect for for Aaron Judge wanting to stay stay a Yankee and and not leave. Um, and and I like Aaron Boone. I, I I think Aaron Boone is one of the best minds in baseball, and he's just been dealt kind of a raw deal. Although I never, I still don't understand why they got rid of Joe Girardi. They were one out away from going to the World Series, and then they fired him. Um, but it it does warm my heart a little bit to see them struggling because I remember the Yankees back in the '90s and the early 2000s, and by God, I hated them. <laughs> I hated them. Um, but there are players on that team that, that I want to see do well. They're, I mean, I love their coach, and I'd love to see him win a ring. Um, but it's also been since 2009 since they last won a World Series, and I'd be lying if I said that it felt weird that it's been almost 20 years since since the Yankees won a championship. So I, I part of me feels like baseball is maybe a little bit out, out of order right now, right? Um, but it, I, I also love seeing them struggle. I, I just pulled out this article. I love it. And it was written, um, what is the date on it? It was written back in March, March 28th. It was ESPN's preseason predictions. Okay. Okay. Let's see how bad they got it wrong. They ranked the San Diego Padres second, finishing with a 93 and 69 record. Uh, the Padres are currently 61 and 67, fourth in the NL West, 18 games out of first place. Uh, they projected the Atlanta Braves to be third. They got that one pretty pretty good. They projected the Yankees to be fourth with a 12.4 percent chance of winning the World Series. <laughs> got that one wrong. Got that one wrong. Here's oh, my yeah. favorite. Here's my favorite. Thirtieth. They have the Washington Nationals. A projected record of 64 and 98, a 1% chance of making the playoffs, and a 0% chance at the World Series. Not even like a fraction, excuse me, not even a fraction of a percent, 0% chance. I don't even know how that's possible. How do you not give someone a fraction of a percent to uh, to make the World Series at the beginning of the year? I don't know. Wow. Not the point. But they, got, but they got it wrong. They got it completely wrong. And I, and, and I think that speaks to the point that Nationals fans at the beginning of the year, they knew exactly what this year was going to be. And to see that the Nationals have kind of played better than expectations is certainly comforting. We should probably switch gears and go go to NASCAR. No, and I love it. I mean, I love. Well, we're we're actually getting ready to get uh, Walt Eubanks. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess we're two minutes from that. Yeah, we're about two minutes away from that. But uh, but uh, that you know what. This is going to surprise people, and I know when I tell people this, it, Mm -hmm. it shocks them. I'm basically a pessimist at heart, Paul. And I mean, and I, not that I, you know, want bad things to happen, but I'm that guy that, hey, I expect the worst. <laughs> and if something good happens and hey, you know what, then, then that's good. And I can live with it and all that. I'm not the sunny, yeah. 
you know, oh, everything's going to be great. I basically, and it, life has beat me down to this point in some facets, Paul, that, you know, that I, you know, when I meet somebody for the first time, I expect the worst. And hey, if they're a good person, then it, it surprises me. And then life is good. That's kind of how I was with the Nationals this year. Is like what you just said. They were picked to be the worst team be below Oakland, below some of these other teams that have just played horribly here in 2023. And for them to be having this success, dude, again, if you're a pessimist, you're never really disappointed, dude, because you expect the worst out of people. In the Is that a bad way to look at things, dude? No, uh, it's, it's not. And, and I think it's funny you say that because I was having this conversation the other day with, with somebody. At the start of football season, everybody's zero and zero, right? Yeah. Uh, everybody's, everybody's batting a 1,000 uh, at, the, at the start of the season, and there's hope. All 32 teams across the NFL, every fan's got hope that this is going to be their year. And and for me as a Ravens fan, there's a lot to be hopeful about. And I'm excited about the season. I'm I'm a little sad that the preseason winning streak's over, but another story for another day. But but I'm I'm like juiced up and and I'm excited. And I get the same way at the start of hockey season. And I get the way same way at the start of of the NASCAR season. I was not that way at the start of this baseball season at all. I, w- I took the more pessimistic approach. Like, this is just not going to be fun this year. And to a degree, for the first couple of months, it wasn't very fun, Brian. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't very fun when we were there back in July. But it's gotten better, and, and they have exceeded expectations. And for me, that's a, that's a win. So I'm actually going to end the season more hopeful than I was at the beginning of the season but this sets me up for failure next year. I know it because now I'm going to be like, "Oh man, we're maybe this maybe this is the year we get back in the playoffs, and then we'll end up losing 200 games." You are right about that, probably. But again, you know what? I will. I'll tell you this, dude. I will go into uh, next year going. You know what? Hey, we were just lucky last year. You know, and uh, <laughs> you know if we, yeah, we're probably going to go 60 and 102 and blah 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 blah. That's how I'll be next year. So I won't be disappointed. Okay. <laughs> Tell you what, I'm going to put you on hold for a moment here, uh, Paul, as we get uh, Coach uh, uh, Eubanks up here on the line with us. So let's uh, do that. We've got Paul on hold. We're calling Coach Eubanks here. You're probably going to hear some ringing here. There you go. There you go. Coach Eubanks. Yes, sir. How you doing? I am doing good. Listen, hold on. Uh, one moment, let me uh, merge. Uh, Paul Whittington's going to be uh, interviewing you uh, with uh, me, too. Let's see. Paul, are you there? I'm still here. There you go. Very good. We have uh, Bethel Christian Academy head football coach uh, Walt Eubanks joining us here on our Spence Automotive guest line through the miracle of telephonics and uh, technology and all that. And first off, Coach Eubanks, thank you so much for joining Paul Whittington and I this morning here on the Brian Hanks Show, sir. Thank you for having me. Uh, listen, uh, let's just jump right into it. Uh, uh, you are the the second head coach of uh, the uh, uh, Bethel Christian Academy uh, Trojans uh, following Brick Crowder. Well, I mean, in, in its current uh, uh, state, uh, we had a Bethel football team back in the 70s and I believe early 80s. But uh, since the renaissance of the program back in 2016, uh, you're the second coach. And I got to tell you, I, first off, congratulations for keeping uh, a program going that had won state championships. I had done such a good job. I just want to ask you, what inspired you to want to take over this program, Coach Eubanks? Uh, well, a couple of things. Uh, number one, uh, you know, I was there with Rick Crowder when uh, we restarted the program. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, I think football is a, is a great sport. Uh, I love the game of football. Uh, I think it can teach a lot of life lessons. Uh, and I really just have a heart for young men, uh, you know, so trying to uh, show them how to do things the right way and uh, maybe introduce them to Jesus uh, and talk to them and help with them. I just like, I just like uh, have a heart for young men. Let me ask you this too, uh, Coach. And hey, uh, Paul, you take over the next question. Hey, Coach Eubanks, he's not here in my studio. He's on the line too, so uh, we have to establish this. We take turns asking you questions. So, uh, Paul, this will be my uh, my last one for this. You take over the next one, and then we'll go back and forth from there. But, uh, Coach, you talked about uh, you know you and uh, Coach Crowder starting that program, or restarting the program back in 2016. Were you surprised at the immediate success that this program had and the championships that it's won? 
Uh, absolutely. I was, I was uh, surprised at the immediate success. Um, we knew we had a lot of interest in the school. Obviously, they uh, sent out um, emails and flyers to, to gauge interest. Uh, uh, we knew we had a lot of interest in the school. Uh, but what we were surprised about also is that once we kind of put out there that we're going to have a football team, how many kids inquired about coming to the school uh, because of football. Um, so, yes, the immediate success, um, we didn't expect that influx of, of players, really, um, to go with the kids that we had at school already. Um, as far as the continued success, I mean, we, we put in a lot of hard work. Um, our kids uh, work out. Uh, you know, we, we, we football is a year-round sport if you're going to be competitive. Um, and um, hopefully we can continue, you know, what we had in the past now. Uh, we hope to try to reestablish that, that same bar, got some big shoes to fill. Brick was a great coach, great guy all around. Uh, so we got, we got our work cut out for us. Morning, Coach. Great to chat with you. Hopefully I get to talk to you uh, somewhere on the sideline this year. But uh, I, I know it was real disappointing last year that there wasn't a football season at at Bethel. So I, I guess my question to you is how excited are you to be to be playing football again tonight? But more importantly, how excited is your team? Uh, they're very excited. Um, we got some kids there still that, that love football. Um, we had a dip in uh, participation last year, uh, which uh, the school did as, as a whole as far as uh, uh, the senior class that left and all wasn't very active. Um, but we are we are Looking forward to being back on the football field tonight. Um, and, yeah, the, the team's excited. Um, did a, had a great practice yesterday. We're young, very young, uh, but uh, we're excited. Let me ask you this, Coach. And, again, uh, on the line, on our Spence Automotive guest line right now, Walt Eubanks, the uh, head football coach at Bethel Christian Academy. They kick off their 2023 season tonight against uh, Richland's Liberty Christian. Were there ever any, and I, this will be the last qu uh, question I asked you about last year, Coach, but were there ever any moments where maybe you were kind of nervous and you're like, you know what, I mean, I know our numbers dipped uh, last year, but we may not be able to, re you know, keep the program going here at Bethel. I mean, obviously, yeah, when, when you start not building a team, you know, those those worries, uh, you know, creep in the back of your mind. Um, but we had, we had a strong um, – JV numbers. Um, we had we had uh, right at a number that we we uh, might could have tried to have had a varsity team, uh, but when you when you start getting too low, you have to make a decision. You know, very rarely do you go through a whole football season that a kid doesn't get a ding or you know a, a breath knocked out of him or something where he has to come out. And when you don't have any backups to put in, you know you kind of have to make a decision. You know, hey, we could go, but is it smart to go? You know, um, yeah, yeah. and and we were at that line. Uh, so we just decided it was better uh, not to go and to focus on the JV program, and uh, which they had a pretty decent season last year. Um, so yeah, that that creeps in your mind. But uh, we sent out there again, you know, gauging interest for this year, and we had plenty of responses. So um, it was quickly put to rest that we would have a football team this year. Well, coach, let's shift our focus to to this year. You know, we don't we don't have much stats to go back and look at from last year. We don't know much about your team, so. So that's the question here. Tell us, tell us about your team. Tell us about the Trojans and and what we should expect out of your football team this season. Um, well, we're like I alluded to a little bit earlier. We we're young. Um, we've got um, you know in in uh, eight man football, ninth, uh, tenth, eleventh, and twelfth is uh, able to play varsity. Uh, so we have uh, eight freshmen on the team that are going to be uh, contributing to the team. Uh, they work hard. Uh, we've had we've had some really good practices. Um, they've done everything I've asked them to do. But at the end of the day, we are young, um, so we'll we'll see how that shakes out. Uh, there may be some teams that are senior heavy or whatever that uh, it's hard for us to to really get in there and compete with. Um, but we're we're gonna we're gonna do the best we can. Uh, like I like I said, the freshmen that we have, have have been hard working. They've been at practice. They've been putting in the time. Um, so if uh, depending on how this year goes, I know good things will happen in the future if they'll stay together and keep working. Who are some of those players that we're, we'll be hearing from this year, Coach? I mean, uh, name as many as you want, but, I mean, at least two or three players that, that have already shown leadership on this team that you're going to really be counting on this year, Coach. Uh, well, we got Jonathan White. Uh, he's a junior. 
Uh, he's a junior running back. Uh, you're probably going to hear his name quite a bit. Um, we got uh, Cooper Williams is a big uh, offensive and defensive lineman for us. Um, he's he's going to be in on a lot of plays. Uh, he's going to be doing a, a lot of stuff on the line. Uh, we got a, a senior, uh, our lone senior, actually, uh, will be our starting center. Um, uh, you probably won't hear. You know, you don't hear the big guys in the middle. You don't hear their names a lot. You know what I mean? But 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 without them, you know, the football don't work. You win football in the trenches. You know, if you, if you offensive line and defensive line aren't doing their jobs, you're not going to win. It don't matter who you got uh, the flashy positions. Don't matter who's in those. If if those guys in the in big guys in the middle aren't doing their job. Um, so I want to give him some recognition now while we can. Uh, we got um, Tristan Lamone uh, will uh, uh, probably be our starting quarterback. Um, so you'll definitely hear his name a little bit. Uh, we, we got uh, we got um, man, we we just got a lot of, of kids that have all um, bought in and have really worked hard. Um, it's hard to name them all here, uh, but but those will be some that you'll definitely hear from. Coach, I gotta ask you. Uh, I can't let you get off the air with, without talking about this. There's, there's two eight-man football teams in Lenore County, and unfortunately, <laughs> they just historically haven't played each other. Is that something you're open to in in the near future? Well, I wouldn't say near future. Um, you know, you're talking about a program that's got 30 kids on a team versus a program that's got 12 on a team. Um, sure. So, just simple attrition. Um, you know, parents a great program. Um, as we uh, try to be, um, but as far as being able to go up against a team with that numbers difference, uh, it's tough just because, you know, they can keep rolling kids in and out and you can't. So by the third and the fourth quarter comes along, they still got breath left and we're about done. Uh, so that makes it tough. You know, I know, uh, you know, you, especially you guys keep bringing that up every time we talk, uh, but it, 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 it's tough to get out there and play a team that's got that many uh, more kids than you got. It's tough. No, I understand. We can understand. But you know, from a fan's point of view, they, you know, with you guys being so close together, Coach, and that, we're not trying to stir anything. It's just that, you know, we would love to see Bethel and uh, Parrot take on each other, especially as close as they are, sir. Yeah, I get it. I mean, yeah, I would yeah. too. Right? Uh, it, it would be great for, you know, for the community, you know, like a North North, South North rivalry. Yeah, I mean, exactly, it, it would exactly. be absolutely great. It would be absolutely great. Um, but, it's uh, and if, you know when we could and we had the numbers we played them you know we played yeah. them twice. Yeah. Um, it's not that we it's not that I have nothing but respect for Paris. Um, they're, they're like I said they're an absolutely great program, great coach program. Um, it's just that you know there's there, there's one A, two A, three A, four A divisions for a reason. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. and it's hard it's hard for um, no matter how good your kids are and and how uh, hard they work there comes a time when when you keep rolling more at you, you know, um, the Spartans eventually lost with a 300, right? Um, <laughs> you, you're going to lose, you know, uh, and then we have to look at it from, you know, they're rolling fresh bodies in, injury standpoints. We got games to play after that. I, I Hopefully um, we can get to a point that we can play Parrot, uh, and I would, I would absolutely, as far as being open to it, absolutely. Uh, but realistically right now it's just not something we can jump on and handle. Well, listen. Completely fair. Yeah, completely fair. Listen, Coach Eubanks, uh, I'm going to get in touch with you. We'd love for you to be part of our uh, Reload Discount Drugs pregame show. And if I could call you a little bit later today, but we'll set that up on text. Would love for you to be part of our uh, weekly uh, wood or wood ducks, our our, our real discount yeah. drugs pregame show. Well, we would love for you to be part of the wood ducks too, if you would like to uh, play for them too, uh, Coach. But yeah, uh, you know what? If they will give me a tryout, I sure will. <laughs> there you go. Listen, Coach. Uh, coach. Walt Eubanks, I promise lang uh, English is my first language. Thank you so much for joining us here this morning. Good luck tonight against Liberty Christian. Congratulations on getting the program back going again. Look forward to talking to you later on today, sir. All right, thank you. There you go. That's Walt Eubanks. Uh, Paul, we've still got you through the end of the hour, right? Still got me through the end of the hour. Very good. Okay, let's get some NASCAR talk, man. We cannot finish uh, your appearance or your visit with us this week, Paul, until – we uh, do a little uh, NASCAR talk here, and hey, how how much can you say with to the second hour? Do you need to pretty much go at the beginning of the second hour? No, I, I got a few minutes. I don't have anything at eight o'clock. Okay, well, I tell you what, we're calling Jay at eight o five. You want to hang out for that for a couple minutes, or do yeah. you? Oh, I can't, I can't stay that. Can't stay that long. Oh, okay. Doggone it, man! I, well, I got a, I got a new boss that just started on Wednesday, so I I don't know when 
she might try to reach out to me, but I don't have anything on the calendar today. But I tell you yeah. what, if she calls through, just patch her in on our interview here and uh, tell her she'll be on live radio throughout Eastern North Carolina. We won't even tell her. So I'll tell her after the interview. <laughs> oh, my God. That would be so hey, – you two were talking to each other. You know, you're talking shop, you know, the CIA stuff that you do and all that, Paul. And then I would just jump in and go, what's her name? Uh, Jen. I'd be like, uh, hello, Jen. You are on 960 betonthebull.com. What do you think she would do? <laughs> Oh, uh, I might we get fired. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't want you to get fired. you got a baby on the no, way. No, okay. no. Well, very good. Well, listen, let's jump into this uh, man. NASCAR, I mean, the, the re- last regular season race of the year, it's at one of my favorite tracks at Daytona. And as much as I've, I guess I've tried to speak it into existence, Paul Winnington, uh, Chase Elliott's still on the outside looking in. And I mean, there's no ifs, ands, buts, nuts, anything here. If he does not win this race Saturday night, he is not in the playoffs. I mean, it's that simple, right? Yeah, it's, it's that simple. There's no way to point his way in. Uh, you, you have to win at Daytona, and that's and that's challenging because Daytona is such a wild card event. Uh, you know, we talked about it last week. We thought Watkins Glen was his best chance at getting in, and they showed speed, right? Uh, they they certainly showed a lot of speed, and then just had one of the most puzzling pitch strategy calls that that I can remember in NASCAR. I, I really, I really, really, really don't understand what what happened. And, and to give you kind of an understanding, uh, this was for the most part, a caution-free race. We don't we don't throw the yellow flag at the end of the stages at road courses this year. Uh, so there was one caution, and it was for Chase Elliott running out of gas. And so they were starting green flag pit stops. And inside the the, the fuel box of these race cars, there's there's like two little boxes, and and these boxes feed you know feed the fuel lines and all that kind of stuff. And so when they get down, and there's basically enough fuel to fill the the two boxes. In, inside the fuel cell, and they tell them to switch switch it off, and that that will just so you have the reserve. That's what they call the reserve. That it'll when they flip the switch, it'll only pull fuel from one fuel box. And so when they tell you to flip on the reserve, that's when you have just fuel saved in that one in that one spare one, second fuel box. A, a, Rough explanation of how that works, but typically, if you go to like a Charlotte, or you go to like um, a Richmond or a Dover, you got about three, three and a half laps on that one fuel box worth of fuel. Not the case wow. at a two and three quarter mile road course. And when there's a lot of people on the radio. Chase Elliott's an experienced race car driver. Alan Gustafson has been the crew chief to some of the best drivers in NASCAR. Kyle Busch, Jeff Gordon, uh, I think he crew chief, maybe Terry Labonte for a race or two. Uh, Chase Elliott, like this guy's been around for a long time. Uh, and then there's all kinds of people back at the war room at Hendrick Motorsports in Charlotte that is listening to all the radio communication. And nobody questioned it. Hey, stay out. When I tell you to flip the switch, and then come in third time by. Nobody questioned it. Okay. And then he made it about half half a lap, maybe maybe three quarters of a lap, not even a full lap, and he ran out of fuel. Oh. And it's just it's a it's a very, very, very puzzling call. Everybody else was pitting and, and I get what maybe they're trying to do. Maybe you're trying to get off strategy, uh, to to be able to run some leaders down when, when you have the freshest tires and their tires have maybe a, la- a lap or so on them. Um, but man, it just, it, that call cost them a chance at, at a good finish. They ended up finishing one lap down and now they find themselves in a must, must win situation tomorrow night in Daytona. And that is crazy indeed. And again, I didn't get a chance. I was at the, uh, battle for the badges last week. So I didn't get a chance to watch race and watch some of the highlights after and, uh, they, they talked a little bit about what you were talking about. We've got 14 teams that are locked in, uh, and I'm just going to go uh, Byron, Truex, Hamlin, Larson, Bush, Buescher, Bell, Chastain, uh, Blaney, Reddick, Logano, uh, Brad Keselowski. Well, no, he's actually not locked in. I'm sorry. Uh, 13 so, so, Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. So, so you actually have 15 that are locked in. Both Brad Keselowski oh. and Kevin Harvick are locked in on points. So, what? See, you, okay, I didn't realize that. Team, okay, go ahead, please. Go ahead. 
Yeah, so the, the max number of points that you can get in a race is is 40. And to do that, you basically need to win both stages and the race. doesn't happen often. It happens. It maybe happens about once a season where we get someone that sweeps. But it doesn't happen often. Brad Keselowski currently 139 points above the cut. Nobody can catch him. Okay. Kevin Harvick 135, 135 points above the cut. Nobody can catch him. So, so those two drivers are locked in. Bubba Wallace only 32 points above the cut. So he's almost there. He just needs like 25 points. Okay. If he can, if if he can somehow finish top two in both stages, that's not good enough. But it's close to where you know he really only needs to finish like 20th or or better in in the race to to hold off Ty Gibbs. So there's there there's a fairly simple equation for Bubba Wallace. You just need to finish, I think, 20th or better in the race, and and you're good um, with without stage points, but. But he he would be the only driver not locked in on on Saturday. Okay, so I tell you what, we uh, we're uh, into our second hour. Let us do our uh, station ID here as we get ready to begin our second hour. We've got you for three or four more minutes, I guess. Yep. Very good. Very good. Okay. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the first hour of today's Brian Hanks show. Uh, again, thank you to, uh, Walt Eubanks from Bethel Christian Academy to Paul Whittington, who's still on the line here coming up in our second hour, Jay Wilson from green central diesel Gieselman from Kenson high school. As we get ready to start our second hour of the Brian Hanks show presented by Lenore community college. <laughs> 